So today we are wrapping up our Shape series, the series that we've been doing over the last five or six weeks where we've been taking the opportunity to dig into the ways in which God has shaped and created each one of us to be able to make a difference. We've been using this metaphor of God as the master craftsman who sees each one of us from the beginning of our lives and can see the masterpiece that each one of us can be and uh, the role that we've got to be able to play in his big story. We've been using this acronym SHAPE that Rick Warren from Saddleback Church came up with a number of years ago, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality and experiences to be able to unpack that. And so we've talked about our spiritual gifts as being the gifts that God gives us to be able to use for spiritual purposes in a ministry context, kids ministry, youth ministry, small group context, in terms of our Sunday gatherings and the other things that we do as a church together. They help us to understand what it is that we do when we serve. We talked about our heart and our passions to recognise that the things that we love and the things that drive us crazy are things that God wants us to lean into because they really help us to understand why we get involved in the things that we do. We talked about our abilities and talked about our talents and the recognition that God gives us opportunities to partner with him with the things that he gives us in our lives and that he wants us to invest those things so that they can make as big a difference as possible. And then last week we talked about our personalities. We talked about how God wants us to love him with all, every part of who we are and to love the people around us, but that each of us are wired differently with our personalities to love him in different ways. And that again, he wants us to lean into that so that we can make the greatest difference possible. And so today we're going to finish this series out by talking about our experiences. And as we do, I want you to have a look at this image. What is it that you see in this image? What do you see there? I'm going to zoom this out a little bit further. So what do you see now? There's a few more different colours there. There's a few more different shapes that are there. What about if we zoom all the way out? This is a picture of a mosaic and I really love mosaics because of the beautiful way uh, where it's all of these different pieces that are all of these different shapes, all these different colours, a lot of pieces which are actually broken that all come together to be able to form this beautiful big picture. And so that's what we're going to dig into a little bit today as we unpack some verses from Romans chapter 8 to talk about God's big picture and God's big perspective of what he's got for us and the way in which he takes every part of our lives to be able to be used to make a part of this beautiful, beautiful picture. We talked last week about how we have to remind ourselves as we talk about our shape, it's not just about us as individuals. This is about reminding ourselves that each one of us are a part of God's big story and so we want to zoom out to that and then understand a little bit more about the role that we've got to play within that story. So Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We genuinely believe that God is able to work in every situation and to bring good out of every situation. Even when we sometimes dig into things and it doesn't feel like it at the time, when we're going through hard times, through challenging times, we believe that God can bring good out of it. And again, this image that we've been using as God, as the master craftsman, recognises that he can take all of these different pieces, all of these different elements and bring them together to make something that's really, really amazing. We've talked about the image of God as the painter and the way in which he can take all of the different brush strokes that seemingly are all over the place, but to form this beautiful painting. 
God as the gourmet chef who can take all of these different ingredients and bring them together into something that's really, really beautiful. God is a songwriter. He can take all of these notes that are all over the place or all of these different words and bring them together into a really powerful song. Or God is a wood turner who can look at a piece of wood and be able to see all of the grain and all of the knots and all of the differences in the piece of wood to be able to see the beauty that's in it and what can be created from that. Even in those moments where it seems like something's a little bit off, God always has a plan. God's always able to bring good out of every situation and to turn everything and every person into a masterpiece. That's where the image of a mosaic is helpful, to recognise that God can see that big picture and pull all of those pieces together of our lives, even the broken pieces, and to be able to create something that is really, really beautiful, a masterpiece. We think about some of the big tragedies that happen in the world. And we recognise that even in those, God can bring good out of them. I think back to when there's been tsunamis or where there's been earthquakes. These really, really terrible things that often mean that there's an outpouring of generosity towards those communities. And often that happens in communities where there is significant amounts of poverty that's ongoing. And yet the attention of the world is drawn there and God can bring good out of that situation. We think about what we've been through this year and all of the challenges that come with COVID and now we're back into lockdowns, but God's been able to bring good out of that as he's given us the opportunity to do some resets as a part of it, as he's reminded us about the importance of looking out for each other and caring for each other. It's a great reminder this week that as we all spend this time in isolation, what does it mean for us to reach out to our neighbours, to the people that are around us and just check in with them and make sure that they're doing okay? God can bring good out of any situation. And so that's a very well-known verse. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. But sometimes we forget that it is for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. This doesn't mean that we've just got free reign, that we can live our lives however we want and cause as much chaos as we want to and say, well, it's okay. God's going to clean it all up. It'll totally be fine in the end. God can bring good out of anything. So I'm just going to do whatever I want, even if there's destruction and it's fine. God wants us to align ourselves with his best. God wants us to be people who are pursuing his purposes, pursuing what love looks like in our lives so that God can do the best that he can do but we recognise that even when things go sideways, even when things are hard, even when we have challenging things that happen to us, God can work even then. So Paul then takes this a little bit further in verses 29 and 30, and I'm going to use the message translation to unpack this because I think it's very helpful. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him, And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. This is this beautiful picture of what God's idea was for us, God's dream was for us from the very, very beginning. That God's goal has always been to shape us like Jesus. That's God's plan for each one of our lives, to shape us in a way that we reflect and resemble Jesus. But Paul really says, it's so amazing everything that happened from that. Having made the decision to shape us like Jesus, he then called us. We can think about this as being sent a personal invitation with your name on it. 
That's the idea of being called, that God says, I want to send you this personal invitation to become a part of my family. It's got your name on it. I know you and I want you to come and to be involved. So having chosen us to be shaped like Jesus, he then called us to be a part of his family. Then he set us on a solid basis. Other translations talk about the idea of us being justified or being put on right standing. It really means that God removed any barriers in our relationship with him. We now have complete and free access to him, that the mistakes that we make, the things that we get wrong, don't in any way stop us from being able to have a full, complete relationship with God. And having established us, having removed all of those barriers, God then gave us the opportunity to reflect his glory. He stayed with us through everything so that ultimately we could look like him. We could reflect what he looks like in his glorified eternal state, which is really, really staggering when you stop and think about it. So that's God's eternal perspective of us. We understand that God exists outside of time. And so all of these statements are true of us right now. They're true of you right now in this moment. Paul uses past tense for all of these things. He doesn't say all of these things are going to happen. He doesn't say all of these things are going to happen if we get our act together. He says, all of these things are true. They're past tense. They have happened. This is how God sees us right now. Now, this inevitably raises the question about whether we get a choice in the matter. Whenever we start to dig into some of these things, we say, well, this is all the stuff God's done for us. Does that mean that that removes free will? And we always talk about the difference between God knowing something and God causing something to happen. I read this helpful illustration this week that I think sums it up well. If we were to invite you over to our house uh, to be able to have a barbecue, then there are a few things that are already decided. We've already extended the invitation to you. We've set the date. We've set the time. And we've also decided ahead of time what we're going to eat. So we're inviting you for a barbecue. That means that there are some things that aren't options. You're not going to be able to come and have sushi. You're not going to be able to come and have a curry. You're not going to be able to come and have roast lamb. This time, at least, you're invited for a barbecue. So some things are set, but it's still up to you to decide whether you accept the invitation and if you choose to accept the invitation, whether you then choose to eat the food that has been provided for you. There is an element of choice there, even though a bunch of things have been decided. And that's the same in our relationship with God. God has set the table. God has cooked the food. God has sent the invite with your name on it. But we still each have a choice to be able to say, will I accept the invitation? Will I show up to the table? Will I choose to eat what God has put in front of me? Will I choose to accept God's invitation to be a part of his family? Will I choose to accept the freedom and the forgiveness that God offers? Will I choose to embrace the love that God has already decided that he wants to give to me? God knows what our answer is to all of those things, but he doesn't choose for us. We still get the opportunity to choose. So Paul takes this further and he says, well, on the basis of all of this, how do we respond? What should our attitude be if this is all stuff that's true about us? Verse 31 and following. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he didn't spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. 
and he's sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from God's, from Christ's love? Does it mean he can no longer love us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we're killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Paul gives this amazing set of questions and answers. If God's for us, if God's on our side, then who can be against us? No one. If God was willing to give Jesus for us, then what on earth would he hold back from us? Nothing. If God's given us right standing with him, if he's set us free, then who can accuse us of not being able to be fully a part of God's family? No one can. And if Jesus has died and risen again, then who can possibly condemn us, tell us that we're people who are guilty, where the price hasn't been paid for the mistakes that we make? No one is able to do that. That's incredible. So now we have ultimate victory, overwhelming victory through Jesus. And that gives us an ability to be able to live our lives in freedom. When everything is forgiven, when we know that everything has been dealt with, then we can come before God authentically and honestly as we are and embrace his love, knowing that he sees us, he gets us, and he loves us as we are. Well, Paul takes this a little bit further in the last couple of verses that we're going to look at. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul says, given everything that he's just explained, everything that's true about us, what on earth could possibly separate us from God's love? And his answer is nothing. Whether we go through hard times, whether we go through trouble, whether we're hated by people, whether we go through times of hunger, of homelessness, whether people make threats against us, nothing can separate us from God's love that has been given to us through Jesus. No matter what we go through, no matter what we lose, no matter what our experiences are, no matter what challenges we go through, God is with us and his love is secure for us. There's nothing in the spiritual realm and there's nothing in the physical realm that can stop that. Even death itself cannot stop us from experiencing God's love. That's astounding. That's staggeringly good news. That's what God's plan is for us. And it follows on well from what we talked about last week. That ultimately God's purpose for all of us in all of our lives is to experience his love and to share that with the people around us. But what that looks like looks different for each one of us based on the way he's put us together and as we're unpacking today, based on the experiences that we have. So coming back to our shape then and our experiences in particular, how does God use those experiences to help us experience this amazing, overwhelming love that can never be separated from us? Well, knowing that we are securing God's love means that we can confidently go back and explore the journey of our lives and be able to say, what has happened? What are the things that have been a significant part of making me, me, based on the things that I've been through, the events that have happened, key moments that have been a part of my life? 
We recognise that God uses all of those different parts of our life to shape us. Positive and negative situations shape us, prepare us, mould us, help us to grow into the people that we become. Our experiences shape our heart and our passions. The things that we go through, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the things that we discover that we love and the things that we discover drive us crazy, the experiences that we go through shape us. The opportunities that we have to be able to be involved in different things. To a certain extent, our personality is shaped by the experiences that we have. The gifts and the abilities that we've got are shaped by experiences that we have, things that we try, things that we get involved in places where we've had great opportunities to be involved in different things. But it's also important to recognise that God often uses the experiences that we've been through to be able to then prepare us to help other people as they go through similar situations. There is no one who is more effective at being able to come alongside of someone who's going through a difficult time and to be able to help them experience God's love in a tangible way than someone who's been through that themselves. Someone who has lost someone that's close to them can sit with someone else who's going through that grieving process and say, I understand what it is that you're going through. Someone who's the victim of abuse, who has been abused themselves and has worked through that and processed through that, is amazingly able to sit with someone who's going through abuse or just coming out the other side of that to be able to say, I understand what it is that you're going through. Someone who's lost their job in the past is able to sit with someone who's just lost their job to say, I understand what's going on for you. The experiences that we go through prepare us in significant ways to be able to then come along and to support other people as they go through challenging situations as well. It's helpful for us just to briefly think about Paul's journey. Paul, who wrote this amazing letter to the Romans and quite a bit of the rest of the New Testament, Paul was very much shaped by his experiences which enabled him to play the role that he played. Paul was born into a Jewish family. If he hadn't been born into a Jewish family, then he wouldn't have had anywhere near the opportunities to be able to speak to the Jewish leaders and the Jewish community like he did. Paul was born as a Roman citizen. That opened up all of these opportunities for him to be able to speak into specific circles and to some very high-powered officials because of his Roman citizenship. Paul was someone who trained as a Pharisee. He knew the law inside and out. And because of that, he also knew the flaws that were there in the law and the way in which it was inadequate compared to what Jesus had done. But he could speak from experience knowing as much or more than a lot of the other religious leaders who were around. Paul went through this massive experience of having a tangible encounter with God that changed his life. Paul turned from being someone who persecuted the church because he so believed that they were wrong and that they were worshipping this Jesus who claimed that he was God and that religious practices weren't as important as they used to be and he was very aggressively targeting them. But then he had this encounter with Jesus and he was humbled to recognise that he was wrong. But then he turned his attention to help other people to be able to say, no, this is not the way, this is the way that we need to go. And so out of all of those experiences, Paul plays this role that realistically only Paul could have played. He plants all of these churches, supports all of these leaders and writes these amazing letters that we still refer to hundreds of years later that help us to be able to understand what Jesus has done for us and how amazing God's love is for us. 
God used the experiences of Paul's life to set him up to be able to make a difference. And so there are three main types of experiences that you'll have the opportunity to be able to explore this week. Spiritual experiences, painful experiences, and other major past experiences. Those all shape us in significant ways. And so there's an activity that you're going to be able to do to finish out this series, which I'll talk about at the end of the message, that will help you to be able to dig into that. But before we get to that, I just want to give you an opportunity to pause and to reflect We're going to use this question. How has God used the experiences of my life to shape me? How has God used the experiences of my life to shape me? It's a good opportunity just to pause and to reflect about the moments where you have experienced God's love in tangible ways. Those moments where you have known the things that we've talked about today because they've been a profound part of your experience good to think about the ways in which God has shaped your heart, your passions, your priorities because of the things that you've been through to just do some initial thoughts. What are some of the key moments that have shaped your life? To think back and say, what are some of the ways in which God has equipped me in the past to be able to set me up, to be able to have an impact as I head forward in the future? As I said, we're going to dig into that more this week, but I want to encourage you to take a couple of moments now to be able to just jot some thoughts down. You can type some thoughts over in the chat. Uh, You can talk to the people that you're with if you're watching this with someone else. But just take a couple of moments to be able to reflect. In what ways has God used the experiences of my life to shape me? And then we'll come back, talk about our next steps heading into this week, and then take some time to share in communion together. Well, as we've done throughout this series, there's an opportunity this week for you to do an activity. 
and uh, you're going to be emailed that activity very, very shortly. It's going to appear in your inbox uh, with a, an activity for you to do this week where you can unpack the experiences of your life and to just do a little bit of reflecting and thinking through some of the key moments that have happened and uh, some of the key stages of life that you've been through. So that will arrive in your inbox. Now, if you're someone who's not on our email list and you would like that, uh, then you can feel free to get in contact with me through our Facebook page or through our website, and uh, I'll be happy to send that to you as well so that you can do that if that's something you would like to do. As with a number of the different activities that we've done, I want to encourage you to set some time aside multiple times throughout the week. This one in particular is going to take a bit more time because you are digging into your past. And so take some time in the early part of the week, this afternoon, tomorrow. We've all got plenty of time at the moment, so why not dig into it? Uh, And then come back to it midway through the week and then towards the end of the week and then take some time to summarise some of the things that you've learned. Also, I want to say that as you do this, there is a chance that some painful memories will surface for you. And if that's the case, make sure that you process through that in a healthy way. If you need to talk to someone, then make sure that you do that. But at a minimum, just be able to name those things as really challenging things and understand that as we've talked about today, that God has been with you even in those really difficult times and that God wants to bring good out of those situations. The other document that you're going to be emailed at the same time is our shape summary. So this is the summary of everything that we've talked about through this series. And so this will be another document where you can take out your other booklets that you've had from other weeks and you can then jot down the things that you have learned and be able to put a bit of a summary together. Now, the idea with that was going to be to say that if you'd like to then unpack that further, uh, then we're going to spend some time being able to do that. I'm not exactly sure what that can look like given where things are at right now, Uh, but I did want to say if you want to chat more about what you've discovered from your shape and particularly some of the implications of that, what does that mean for me in terms of the job that I'm pursuing? What does that mean for me in terms of volunteer opportunities, whether that's with us at Brooklyn Park or in other places? What does this mean in terms of some of the things that I've discovered I'm really passionate about and gifted in that I'd love to pursue? I would love to have a conversation with you about any of that. So if there's some things that have spiked for you that you'd like to unpack, please get in touch and uh, we'll work out a way that we can chat about that uh, in the weeks ahead. So I'm going to pray and then uh, we're going to transition across to communion as a way of being able to finish out our message today, our time today, but also to finish out this series. So let's pray. God, we do thank you for the way in which you can take all of the experiences of our lives, even the hardest ones, and to be able to use them for your purposes and for your good. We thank you for the way that you have shaped each one of us to be able to make a difference. And we thank you above all that you share your love with us through everything that we go through and that there is nothing in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm, in all of history, not even death itself, can separate us from your amazing love. That gives us so much confidence to be able to explore the journey of our lives and to be able to confidently walk into what you've got for us in the weeks and months ahead as we continue to explore the ways in which you want to use our shape to be able to make a difference. As we head into this week and as we take the time uh, to be able to explore some of those experiences, I pray that you would bring to the surface for us those moments that have been a key part of our lives so that we can find ways of being able to discover how you have shaped us through our experiences to be able to make a difference. And then as we bring everything together with our shape summaries, I pray that you would bring clarity to us, that you would help us to identify those key themes, those key ways in which you have created us to impact the people around us and to be involved in different organisations where we can make a difference. 
continue to speak to us and help us to understand more about what you've got for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.